This is Beyond Golf Talk. All right, what's up, everyone? Thank you for listening to another episode of Beyond Golf Talk. Uh, we got me, your host, Coach Frankie, and my co-host, Just Divot, here. Today's focus is really going to be on the beginner golfer and what to do, what to expect, what drills you're going to get into doing, what are you trying to look for when you're hitting golf balls, what, how do you not get into this game like a total beginner and just want to quit after your first you know, hour and a half trying to find the center of the club face. Hope to help you set your expectations, make some good goals for yourself, understand what to do, what not to do, and then especially like when you're out there playing with your friends, like what are you going to be doing so you don't come off as a total noob? Like, let's, let's help you out here. What do you think about that? Yeah. No, I love it. I love that we're going to be talking about, it's going to be a totally golf-centric episode. And we're going to be talking about beginning, you know, starting grassroots, starting out playing, buying equipment, um, how to get better, um, what to look for when you, when you buy. So we're going to be diving into everything beginner's golf today, which um, I'm very excited to talk about just because it's still fresh in my mind when I was a beginner, when I first started playing. Um, but mm-hmm. grateful to see, uh, see you record another yeah. episode, you know, grateful to, to be doing this again. We're at episode eight, so we're going to keep the ball rolling. Um, but if you want to go and kick it off, what exactly, as far as from the beginner golf, beginner golfer standpoint, what do you really want to kick it off with? You know, the main thing is I want to make sure that everybody, when they get into the game, especially the beginners that I teach, and I teach a lot of beginners that are starting out at like 25, 28, 35, 42, um, it's definitely more difficult the older you get into the sport. Kind of just depends on your background and athleticism. Are you are you good with hand-eye coordination? Are you not? It's totally fine. You can still teach from any point. But I think the main thing is like just to make just to know that you we want to get you to a point where you don't feel discouraged. All right, I already know there's gonna be a lot of editing, so <laughs> we're gonna get to a yeah. point where you don't want to feel discouraged. Yeah. Um, we want to make sure that we we set the right goals and we. We allow people to have fun throughout the process. And I think one of the things that that my dad did really well with me growing up when he got me into the game and when he found out that I was hooked just by like watching Tiger, like literally watching a tournament, probably similar to that in that same year that you have behind you. What is that, the 97? No, this is, t- this is 2019, 2019, brother. Oh, it's 2019, 2019 bro. Okay, cool, cool. This okay, is, gotcha. yeah, this is last, his last major one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, think I, I think I was watching Tiger when he was in the Masters. Um, or just Tiger growing up in these videos on TV. And that's when, you know, as a baby, like my dad saw me trying to swing when I was in my diapers and he knew that I probably had the bug to want to get out and hit. But he always made it fun for me. And as a kid, I started out just using a plastic club, just chasing it around the yard. And then as I grew up, it wasn't really until middle school or high school where I really started to get serious about it. But one of the main things that he told me to focus on was, you know, holding the club the right way, finding out how far away you want to stand from the golf ball by knowing how to look at your divot and tell like that would tell you if you're too close or too far and then also like one of the things that i remember focusing on and my dad really harping on was making sure that i keep my weight on my front side so i can make the right divot through the ball or always looking at a Mm -hmm. spot in front of the golf ball to hit so those are similar honestly despite all the tour coaches and the people i've been around in the game um all of our pro friends as well um I think those are some of the same fundamentals that I try to harp on with students of, of most ages and skill levels is making sure you're taking the divot in front of the golf ball, making sure you're moving your body through your shot and not really trying to hit at the ball, but swing through it. 
And if, mm-hmm. if people can start drawing circles in the air with their golf club, knowing that they're trying to get the club around you, knowing that you're going to a target, then I feel like it starts to unlock some natural sense of athleticism that maybe we didn't know we had. What do you think? Mm-hmm. No, totally agree. And I think that your dad was, he was onto something, man getting your weight on the left side like that's that's something that you're preaching today to all your students no matter what age range you know like you said your age demographic that you got when you are teaching is like from 20 to to 30 mid 30s late 30s you know whatever the age demographic may be and you're you know your your dad was pretty much spot on and that's kind of it's kind of nice to see that you've kind of carried that on um towards your your current lessons that you're doing today being uh being an instructor right now uh i just remember starting out I, i mean i've always had pretty decent hand-eye coordination. I guess I kind of made up um, from my, I guess, yeah, I would say I was a little athletic just because I played everything growing up, you know, football, basketball. Um, and hand, hand-eye coordination was kind of having that ability pretty much just made me into a person who could do all these things. And I kind of, you know, that kind of carried me along the way, especially since growing up, I was never really in the best shape never had an athletic build never really had um yeah, you know you the, husky the good hat like me i wasn't i, was I wasn't necessarily boy, husky. Oh, yeah, husky i was always <laughs> yeah i mean i always had some sort of, i never i never had any sort of uh definition by any means you know by any means but as far as growing up you know i always growing up that like jc penny was like there was like small medium si- it was like yeah husky. it was like a size like, <laughs> yeah size h answer. there you go right so I never really had an athletic build, but my hand-eye coordination kind of carried me throughout life, throughout adolescence, throughout my teenage years. And, you know, going to the park and playing volleyball, you know, hand-eye coordination saved me there. Playing tennis, hand-eye coordination, super important. I I was always growing up playing video games, um, playing a lot of Halo, playing a lot of 2K, playing a lot of Madden. So a lot of hand-eye coordination with video games, I guess, for me, translated over into the athletic field, um, oddly enough. Uh, But I remember starting out with golf. I know. I kind of touched on this heavy last episode as far as how I got into the game and what I was doing. Uh, but I remember not being able to grasp the concept of hitting irons and just how do you, I remember thinking to myself, how do you hit and use an iron without having it hurt, without having it, without having the shock just go reverberate through your arms, through your torso, through everything else. I never got that concept. And especially when I started off hitting with wedges, it was easy just because there's loft, you know, I'm hitting, you know, 50 yard pitch shots with a pitching wedge just because that was the, the, the highest lofted wedge or highest lofted club that I had in my bag. So I'm doing these unorthodox things. And once I got to irons, once I got to hitting, once I got down to like a six or a five, that's when I kind of panicked. I'm like, oh, this is going to hurt, you know, like the impact I'm going to make with the ground, you know, the shock that I have from hitting the ground, is going to you know, go through my arms and I'm not going to be able to feel my arms and my hands are going to hurt. I just never really got that, uh, you know, really got that concept until I started flushing them. And once I got to driver, that was another battle. That was pretty much three quarters of the battle there, just trying to hit it straight, um, hitting, hitting slices into the ninth hole at Rock Creek Country Club on the range, just all of my range balls just going into the the ninth fairway, and it was the most frustrating thing. And I can feel you on that. I'm, I can feel on that because, yeah. like, driver for me, driver was never a club that I grew up loving. Actually, I mm-hmm. remember like being a really good iron striker, 
I, I never really had a driver actually until I made until I made it on my high school team as a freshman. Mm-hmm. That's I never I've always hit like a three wood and maybe like long irons. But it wasn't until like I had to start playing for real for real uh, <laughs> that I actually use a driver. You know, I would always have in the bag, yeah. like, all right, whatever. Like I, I hit my three wood long enough for most courses. Like I don't need to hit the driver. But man, like so I, I was always a I was always somebody who focused on getting to the front side, making my divots in front of the golf ball. So for me, mm-hmm. growing up to the driver, I had to change my swing a lot. And yeah. I got with some coaches, uh, kind of young. And um, besides my dad teaching me the fundamentals, because um, my dad like read, a, he's, a, he's an avid reader, and he taught himself the game as he slowly got into it. You know, as, as like a part of business, right? Just being out there with a lot of people, it's like golf is yeah. one of the places where business happens, right? So that's why he taught himself, and he himself was grew up a. a, a baseball player um playing stickball growing up in new york right like he, he he grew up with that hand-eye coordination which i think passed on to me in that sense but how he taught me was from books like ben hogan's five fundamentals john jacob's book um oh, we watched a lot of the eight-step swing when that was like sold in vhs by jim McLean. um so like wow. I, I grew up around a lot of instruction from my dad like kind of like harping onto me some of these fundamentals he read in books and it was great because i feel like that really set the tone and the pace for like how i instructor how I, I use that in my teaching too but i remember just not really being able to hit up on the driver as much and i think that kind of moved into my game throughout the years and as i turned pro i was very much like a low ball hitter because so i knew how to get my weight to my front side i always felt like i was really good at hitting iron so i, I never really felt like i lost that it was hold, hold that thought hold that thought just because yeah. you know me being a gearhead did you when you had difficulty hitting driver did you kind of i you're you being a technical instructor and being technical yourself and gear is kind of like the last thing on your mind did you look for an excuse to maybe like upgrade your driver like this driver's not working out i'm just hitting it way too far right or did you always know it was yourself internally um causing whatever mishits that you were you were hitting on the range or on the course sure sure definitely definitely i knew like my my swing fundamentals must have been off if i can't like hit this driver as far as you know some of the other people hitting theirs or so you were you were never really begging you were never really begging your dad to be like dad this driver this specific (laughs) driver that i have in my bag is not working out we need to go to uh you know golf galaxy we need to go to you know wherever just to get the new no really and maybe you knew this growing up or how i'm not i'm not sure how it was in your part of town but where I grew up, yeah, we had like an Edwin Watts, which is if people know Florida, like we have uh, Roger, Coast. we have Roger Dunn yeah, in Roger LA. Dunn. So we have Ed, okay. Edwin Watts, Roger Dunn, and then we have Golf Mart Somewhat like similar. towards like San Diego. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. So we had like one of no, those, I think they're um, uh, I think they're all part of uh, they're all same. part of the same parent company. Yeah. Okay. So gotcha. Yeah. That was always expensive to get like brand new golf clubs, and they didn't mm-hmm. always let you go in and hit just balls, you know, willy nilly. So mm-hmm. there was a place down the street from where I grew up uh, in Oldsmore, Florida, called the Oldsmore Flea Market. It was like the biggest flea market in the area. And there was a place, and I think it's still there, it's called T&D Golf Shop. And it was a huge store in this flea market where you had putters, used golf clubs, you had golf balls, like used golf balls as well, sold in egg cartons, like the styrofoam neon-colored egg cartons that they used to come in back in the day. No, none of that, you know, cardboard, you know, grass-fed. You still do. You just have to buy them. You just have to buy them. You just have to buy them. You just have to buy them secondhand. You know, the pasteurized golf go. balls. Yeah, you know, the, 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 the cage-free, yeah. cage-free golf play, balls. You can find them. Balls. You could just, you could just find them secondhand. Just go and offer up. You'll find somebody selling golf balls, okay. uh, some some Shrixons or Pro yeah. ones in a in an egg carton. You know. 
Dude, that well, that's that's yeah. the shop that I grew up, uh, you know, trying yeah. golf clubs at, and the clubs that I got were never really like truly fit for me. And I see that a lot happen. Like nowadays, it's it's different. You know, growing up, you have to have an edge on the game. Kids are getting bigger, they're stronger, mm -hmm. they're getting fit for clubs sooner, and it's just more available. It's it's just out there. You can do that for a, a smaller price yeah. now, I think, than before. Before you had to pay an arm and a leg just to get a club fitting, and you have to really be into it to do that. So like I never, I, mm -hmm. I knew I didn't really have like the exact driver for me, but I also was still changing my swing and finding myself out as a player. Then eventually, I did, you know kind of upgrade a can you bit. still got, still got can you kind of give me some insight can you kind of give me some insight on the first time or how old you were or what was going through your mind when you went through your first fitting oh sure your very yeah, first honestly, fitting like yeah like the so the fitting that i had at you know i'd say the very first fitting was at a place in safety harbor um this guy i was actually i was probably like 14 15 ish um, and the guy was like watching me hit balls into a net and he didn't have any like special technology. He was just doing this like eyeball and he's done this for years, like 20, 30 years, just watching people hit. And he was well known for just being like his own track man. Like he, he knows, like he could hear yeah. it, he could <laughs> see it. He knew what like, and you do that like, after watching thousands of swings, you know, you, you probably know when a ball is yeah. hit off the toe just a little bit, but he can yeah. see which, what kind of lie angle I needed. And we used the lie board and the old school tape and all that. And, um, I had a, he had like knockoff Cobras, Cobra head, Cobra iron heads. And these mm -hmm. are the old Cobra iron heads that had like this little like triangle underneath the hosel. Um, I don't know if it was for stability or swing speed or whatnot, but uh -huh. anyway, he had these knockoff Cobra heads and they were my irons for a long time. And I loved them. They just went straight. They were fit really well for me. Yeah. I had the right shaft in there. Um, but it wasn't until like then it was like night and day when I found out that a fitting when you have some sort of a consistent miss or a consistent swing somewhat consistent that it changes the game and it did help me a lot growing up you know through high school especially playing tournaments but it wasn't until then yeah. that i really got into it right how about you what was your what was your first experience like uh i remember hitting driver and i remember trying out uh what was it a sim 2 and just hitting it and just taking it off the rack and then the guy just creeps up behind me on the fitting bay he's like you like that driver huh i was like yeah i do it feels really good because i this is what mind you i literally just came off the course um and went straight to the pro uh, went straight to the mom and pop uh, pro shop here in temecula and i just got off literally playing a bad round came off the course was hitting a cobra f9 and it had a, a regular flex shaft in there and i just remember it was just it was just an off day just on the off the tee it was just an off day and i remember driving straight from the course going straight to that shop and then going to the fitting bay and i don't even remember what i was going in there for initially i think i was literally just going in there just to get my putter regripped to like a nice like pistol golf pride grip on my on my spider that i had at the time and then i went to the fitting bay and i remember I think I just had like a stock Ventus stiff shaft in that driver. It was just right there sitting on the fitting bay. I was hitting some balls with it. And then the guy creeps up on me. He's like, you like that driver? I was like, yeah, I love it. He's like, okay, let me, let's try out a couple shafts. <laughs> so it was kind of like an impromptu like fitting for, uh, for some clubs. And then I just remember, I just remember him trying out different shafts. We were trying out. So we tried out, some some Ventus, we tried out some Diamano, we tried out some some Aldila shafts. And then I remember he's like, all right, I got something special for you. 
and then he pulls out the Mitsubishi Blue Tensei uh, 60, 65 gram uh, shaft, puts it into the driver. And then we kind of touched on this last episode. He was talking to me about uh, if I've ever tried out like a draw bias driver. And I said, no, I've never really tried one out. Um, you know, I always thought it was kind of a noob club, you know, puts it into the club head. I think I get 300 total distance off the second or first hit. Whoa. And then once I saw 300 total, <laughs> so I was like, All right, I think I think I'm in love. And uh, I remember hitting a couple more drives with that driver. And he's like, you know, try to line it up. Um, try to line it up off the toe and see how it goes. Lined it off the toe. And it was just a match made in heaven for me. And that, that driver's still in my back today. Uh, don't really think about I haven't thought about getting rid of it at all. Um, it's been my old reliable for me for the past almost going on three years now and really don't see or foresee in the future it coming out. And I, and I, once again, I had another experience too where I had a fitting and this is when I, my first set I had stolen and then I had just like a makeshift bag from offer up with just different, you know, kinds of clubs. Um, and I had these tailor-made CBs, these tour preferred CBs that I had in my bag. They had KBS tour stiff flex shafts in there, 120 grams. And I remember in Portland, there's a shout out to um, Par West Golf up in Portland. They kind of they hooked me up with the some of the clubs I have in my bag today. But I remember going in there to see if I could possibly be fit for a new for a new set of irons. And I remember taking a couple of practice swings with my seven iron, and then. After like a 30 minute process, the guy goes, here, let me give you a spec sheet real quick of what you should get fitted for. And the, the recommendation he put on there was game improvement clubs. And obviously that was just a complete blow to my ego. And I was like, oh, I, I, I know I don't play enough. I know I play maybe like once or twice a month, but I shouldn't be hitting these, you know, I shouldn't be hitting. What was it at the time? Sim, sim, sim irons. I shouldn't be hitting these. Yeah. And then the, and I was like, what's the, what's the, okay, what, the, what are the specs? Okay, standard loft and lie. What, what's the shaft? Oh, KBS max 85 degree, nine, or not 85 degree, 85 gram, 90 gram shafts. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I really don't know. And I, I have that spec sheet somewhere in my bag or I threw it away or something, but it was definitely a blow to my ego. Um, but he was just be going, you know, off of the clubs that I had that I bought secondhand. And he was like, how many times do you play a month? I'm like, once or twice. And he's like, okay, well, this is what you should be fitted for. So, you know, <laughs> I, I always thought that all pros had such a fast swing speed. You'd have to have either an extra stiff or like a double extra stiff, you know, driver or iron shafts or whatnot. And then I found out that, you know, like listeners can like, you know, comments or let me know if this is wrong or whatnot or shoot me a dm on instagram but luke donald who was number one in the world and was always known for his tempo they would put on like the band of a extra stiff like logo on the shafts but he was actually swinging like stiffs or almost like regular shafts pretty mm. much custom shafts that mm. were so light for him yeah. to be able to keep the tempo like perfect and i think he had like a heavier club head so he could feel it through the swing no. And, you know, like, as I get older, I'm 35 now, I'm asking myself, like, yeah, I could still I could still bust it out there over, you know, 118 mile an hour swing speed with my extra stiff. But, like, do I want to do that all the time? Like, I kind of feel mm -hmm. like I'll, I went out there with rental clubs the other day um, just to see how low I could shoot. I'm like, these are stiff shafts. They're 100. They're like 20 grams lighter than what I normally swing. And I just felt like 
felt at ease. And it was so much more fun for yeah. me to not have to like try to swing really hard. Uh, it's yeah. different. It's a different mindset now. That I'm not competing as much and just kind of like learn the game and enjoy it in different ways. But I had mm -hmm. no idea. And it's all based, based off your preference too, right? Like maybe the guy yeah. was looking at your tempo and maybe saying, hey, like maybe tempo would be better with a lighter shaft. But it does suck, I guess, if like you see game improvement and you're seeing like the most basic, you know, build out like where you're thinking it's going to be a lot more like custom and more towards what you like. Yeah, you think you're going to get fitted. Yeah, you think yeah. you're going to get fitted for blades and. Yeah. I see, you know, you got the chunkiest, the chunkiest soul, yeah. chunkiest top Chunky. line in your bag. And Pretty you're just like looking at your bag and set of hybrids. Yeah. 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 As soon as you get fitted for them, you might, you might be scratch or not might be scratched, yeah. but you might be playing a lot better with those clubs in your bag, but you just don't look good playing in them. And then you just want I to don't get even rid of think, them right away. Yeah. I don't even think fitters will like bust out the blades unless someone asks for them. Like they're not going to be like, yeah, you could you fit no. into the blades really well. <laughs> I don't even think like pros themselves nowadays tell them like tell a fitter like yeah i really want to get the hardest club to hit when i'm playing for millions yeah. of dollars you know yeah there's a select few for sure well let's talk about i mean we've, we've talked about gear and kind of getting fitted and kind of how we got started in the game so where do you what what clubs do you recommend for a beginner and where do you recommend them buying uh clubs what clubs do you recommend them hitting uh, there's yeah. a couple models that you have at the top of your head, a couple club models that you have on the top of your head, sure. what year they came out, sure. whatever, you know, be sure to list them. But what, what do you currently uh, recommend for a beginner golfer who wants to start playing the game? What do you want them to do right from the get go sure. on the gear side? Sure. Yeah. So good question. All the irons have different weighted heads. They have different mm -hmm. blade lengths means the, usually it means the forgiveness or the area that you could miss the golf ball at would be either bigger or smaller, depending on what they're trying to do. Usually the smaller blade sizes, the blade lengths, usually means a pro can use them because they can manipulate the golf ball in different ways on command. For beginners, you're just looking for something to help you get the ball up in the air and hopefully make it go straight because you're not going to be finding the center of the base a lot, let's face it. Like, you're going to suck at yeah. first and it's just going to happen mainly because not a lot of beginners want to take instruction or they take too much youtube instruction and they don't know what to do and then they're trying to find it and then a year later they're like yeah i either want to sell my clubs or i want to finally get into some golf lessons but i think something that's more forgiving is great if i were to go mm -hmm. down the line some of the different brands i see out there um i think titleist makes a great game improvement iron the t200s or anything bigger from there is great um, the Srixons are very affordable and they're, they're really, they're known for their forging. I believe, and I could be wrong, but I believe the Srixon irons are forged in the same type of forging houses that, you know, old samurai swords used to be forged in, you know, in the 17, 1800s, 1600s, you know. So you have a lot of high quality forging coming out of Japan. Um, the Tacomos look really good too. We mentioned this on the last podcast. Where they at this point, we need them to sponsor us or something. We've 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 right, dropped seriously. their name so many times. You guys oh, need yeah. to come out Tacomo. Give us a yeah, give us a club deal. We're ready. I know you guys are coming out with a driver. We need to review them. We need to try them out ourselves. Yeah. Give it a couple yeah. tests. See if we could break a couple records. Like let's let's give it a good review. But I hear they're they're very soft. Yeah. You know. It, it's good to be out there, go to your local PGA Superstore, go to your local golf club and just ask for a couple clubs to try out. See what feels best for you. Some people don't like the soft feeling of a board club. Maybe some people want more of the clicky feeling, the clicky sound. You won't know until you try it. I also think, you know, don't, don't rule out Ping. Ping's great. Ping's got some really good, high-quality golf clubs, um, both forged and cast. 
Um, so you should definitely look out for something that has a nice wide sole for most people because a lot of people are chunkers. So the wider the sole, the easier it is for that club to, to slide through the ground. Something facts, that has facts. a nice big head. And, you know, the thicker the top line doesn't mean it's always going to be bad. It's going to give you more momentum through the shot. You're going to get a little bit yeah. more distance out of it. So, you know, tailor-made P790s are great. I would say that's like a medium, you know, game improvement-esque, mm-hmm. player-esque iron. I think those are good too. But as far as where to go, now, I think, honestly, starting out, even if money were an object, go ahead and buy new, of course. Like, whatever, I'm not going to stop you. But I think going on some sort of, you know, eBay is fine if you can trust the seller on eBay. Although you can go into places like Golf Roots now online. We talked about them last time on the last pod. Uh, they're based out of Dallas. They grab the golf clubs from private clubs, different country clubs around Texas and around the country, and they they certify them. They check them out. They sell them in different sets, mixed sets. So you can find a good bag for you for a certain price. And you know, I, I might be biased because it's here locally, but Callaway Pre-Owned Golf. Um, they shout out to Callaway Pre-Owned. Huge, shout out to Callaway Pre-Owned. They know what they're doing. Of course, they have a lot of different Callaway golf clubs that are. They, they call them outlet. They have different levels of quality. And they, they have people literally taking in these shipments of clubs and people shipping it back in or golf clubs that couldn't sell them at the country club. And they're pretty much brand new, just never been sold. They'll bring them back in and they'll try to resell them. And they'll, they'll make them at different, different types of, um, I would say, them different conditions. So you, have, you could have the same golf club at five different prices for them, depending on what your budget is. But they have they have, they have all different kinds of golf clubs, all different manufacturers, not only Callaway, but all the other ones too. And they do some, they do some killer deals. So, I mean, I know right now they're getting ready for some Black Friday deals, Cyber Monday deals, getting into the holidays this is the best time to start shopping for your significant other, your friends. Yeah. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know my wife probably now knows what kind of golf clubs I'm, I'm looking to get something I want to add to my bag. I'm sure yours is probably hearing. Okay. We'll talk, we'll talk about that. Off, we'll talk about that off the yeah. air. We'll talk about what you, what, exactly. what you, uh, we'll discuss, uh, through text or whatever, yeah. through a phone call. I know we talk on the phone for a lot. Sure. Um, uh, this we'll discuss, you know, what you kind of want to add onto your bag. Uh, but what's, uh, what are clubs that you would recommend? Um, yeah, you know, yeah. that you've seen. I love this. You know me, you know me. I love talking gear. Uh, I, every time I think about gear, every time I see like a new advertisement for something on social media, it kind of makes me want to be a beginner golfer again. It just, I just can't help it. You know, I want to try out everything. doesn't mean I'm going to keep, keep it in my bag or I'm going to use it as a, as like, um, like a, a daily gamer on the range or on the course or anything like that. But it. It, I just want to yeah. try it, you know, you know what I'm saying? So right now what, with the beauty of social media and the marketing that you could, you know, all the untapped potential that you could use on the golf side, we have all these direct to consumer pre like pre like all these 14 set you know eight set club sets that we have uh one i could think of a sticks golf um sticks golf is one that's been around for a couple years now and it was for someone who wants to get into the game but wants to buy new but also wants to buy you know something that, that looks pretty decent that looks cool um that that's not going to be you know an eyesore it's not going to be some sort of old you know, club that you have in the bag. It's gonna be a brand new set. It's gonna look sleek. Uh, it's gonna look clean. It's gonna have like a nice matte black finish on it. Uh, Sticks Golf is one of those brands that stand out. Um, they should be having Black Friday deals. Uh, don't really see why not since they're direct to consumer. Um, they're gonna be just expect them this time of the year. They're gonna be do some. They're gonna be doing some heavy marketing and heavy advertising on social media. Uh, but I remember in the Palm Springs trip that I went on this last spring, I remember one of the folks I was playing with. 
he had a set of sticks uh, sticks clubs came with a bag the head covers the putter irons a couple like a wedge or two um and the driver looked decent and tried it out on the range and they were more than they were more than fine uh more than uh, serviceable you know depending just depending on what you feel or what you you know what you like to play with but i remember hitting them on the range i'm like yeah these are really good for you you know for someone who want doesn't want to buy second hand and wants something very shiny and very sleek looking um, to bring to the course and impress their friends, you know, Sticks Golf is definitely the way to go. I know there's another brand, another brand that I'm forgetting about, but forgive me. Uh, I'm not sure if they're like a competitor to Sticks, but they kind of have the same model: direct to consumer, these pre-made sets consisting of like 14 to 12, you know, eight clubs. Um, just forgot what their brand was. Um, I know that if you go to Costco, I know Callaway has a really good set called like the Callaway Edge or something like that. Um, it has like a white hot. Uh, like it has an Odyssey white hot uh, putter in there, which is cool. It even comes with a super stroke grip, uh, but it comes with irons, wedges, a pretty decent Callaway, you know, a, a, a lower end Callaway model, you know, just made for that particular set. But I know you could find those on, at Costco or on, on their website. I know that when they do go out, they sell. You can't really find them anywhere. They're, they, they, they sell like hotcakes. Um, they fly off the shelves kind of difficult to you know get a hold just because of you know the name the brand that is callaway mm-hmm. making a like, oh, making a, a set. Um, i think one of the clubs you're talking about was uh robin golf was that one of the robin golf that no you robin. that 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 is the one that is the one okay yeah so very similar to sticks in that regard that you know you could find something that you know it's not going to break the bank it's it's decent to look it's nice to look at they're sleek and you know, you might impress somebody that you're playing with currently, and you might be able to, you know, spread the word out and say, hey, you want to start playing golf? You know, buy this set. We could buy the same set. And, you know, it's not necessarily going to hurt the, that's not going to hurt the wallet. Um, and then afterwards, after you do that and you kind of want something better, you know, you feel like you're, you're swinging a little bit faster and, you know, you feel like you're finding the center of the club face more. Then, yeah, go ahead and buy secondhand. Go to OfferUp. Go to Rock Bottom Golf. That's another great website. Go to Callaway Pre-Owned. That's another great website. Um, go eBay. Um, Craigslist is kind of extinct. I don't really know who uses Craigslist no more. Um, but yeah, Rock Bottom Golf, um, Offer Up, Callaway Pre-Owned. Um, another trustworthy site that I've used before is uh, ThreeBalls.com. ThreeBalls is always having great deals all year round, not just during the holidays, but all throughout the year. They have you know good deals on. Sometimes they have certain manufacturer deals where you'll if you add on like a like a tailor-made they have like a tailor-made special where they'll do like 30 percent off your uh, cart total or they'll do like a titleist uh, special or a ping special just depending on the time of the year they're really great um and they have just a wide array a wide selection of clubs uh, for you to choose from on from different conditions from like like new um, they grade them to like like new awesome very good good um then the, you know you got like fair your fair conditions there so that those are pretty much like the routes that i would take if i was a beginner golfer nowadays is just go to those those pre-made sets and buy secondhand if you feel like you want something new and you want you know you want to treat yourself you want to spoil spoil yourself to you know a nice set of clubs and yeah go get fitted and you know do it the right way maybe go to like if you want to get fitted go to a specialized fitting area uh, like a club champion or a true spec or you know, like those boutique, those nice boutique, you know, golf, you know, golf specializing golf fittings and, 
and they're able to get you the gear tailor-made to, no pun intended, but to your needs and, and to your swing style, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. You brought up some really good ideas there, especially with the pre-made sets, the sets that are put together for you. You don't have to think twice. You already know you have all the clubs you'll need. Um, for those that are kind of in the middle, like I'm, I'm a beginner, but I do want to get like the better clubs. It's totally fine to get yourself like some really good heads because you could always change the shafts out later on, you know? So if you find yourself in the market for either a beginner set of a direct consumer, but you still want the potential customability of upgrading the shafts down the line, you know, the heads will be good. You can definitely go ahead and buy yourself like a good set of heads and always know that you can change the shafts later on. So that's another thought too. Um, but um, one thing that I do have as far as club fitting is concerned, if you can find somebody that can take you outside or get hit off grass on your club fitting, or if there's a way they'll let you take the clubs out to play with for a week or whatnot, that'd be amazing. That'd be really nice. So try to find yourself somebody that does club fittings off the grass if you can, because you know hitting it off a mat, off a track man is not Ooh. always going to be the same. The numbers aren't always yes, the yes, same. yes, 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 and. You know, if there's one thing I have to say about, like, Club Champion, man, like, I'll tell you a story. Like, there's a lot of great things that Club Champion does for sure, and maybe I just had a bad experience, but I went to a Club Champion to actually get fit for, like, a good driver. Like, I really want to get the right dial. I really want to get dialed in. This is the same year the Maverick Sub-Zero came out, and the Ventus Black was, like, a really hot um, shaft to get. Yeah, pandemic. Early pandemic 2020. Yeah, exactly, dude. So they fit me for the new Callaway driver. They fit me for the Ventus Black. I, I, I knew exactly what they were going to do. Um, and I paid for an hour of fitting. They fit me within 10 minutes and said, that's it. You, you don't need to do anything else. Like, All right, well, I have 50 minutes left. Like, can we still try out different shafts? Like, they're like, no, no, we don't recommend you trying anything else. I was like, okay, so like, what's the damage if I want to buy this from you? They turn around, they try to sell me that Callaway head plus the Ventus shaft for like over $1,200 for one golf club. And I was like, wait a second. So I just paid 200 bucks for fitting. Oh. And you're going to try to get $1,400 out of me for one golf club? Like, I, I, I you know, and I, I think it. you know, like, it's the, like, yeah, that's the, the one horror story that you could get from going to a, I don't know. No, that's not just one. You know how many you know how many folks have gone on forums and golf WRX and just vented about how Club Champion really? is just like a bunch of snakes? Yeah, you're not the only story. You know, I'm not here okay. Let's just get this out there. We're not disparaging, we're not, you know, no. talking down about, you know, Club Champion at all. Because they do once again, like you real. said, they do a lot of great things. And once again, I've never been to a club champion. I'm just going off you know, it's kind of bad. I'm just going off here saying what I've heard from other folks sure. and, and their experiences. Sure. But they're trusted sources. They're tr- like you're like yourself. So that's what they do. Um, they try to they try to upsell you into you know the biggest and baddest and most expensive club combination with grip and shaft and and they probably and get everything a else a club from selling yeah. x amount of Callaways or x amount of Titleists. That is I true. Get it. Like I yeah. I like finding the club fitter who is just like a hole in the wall spot that has all the clubs you can try out and it's like okay, knowing knowing golf the shaft is seventy percent of the fitting process finding the right shaft for you and then figuring yeah. out a head around it i feel like is usually the the way i see most good club fitters go for unless you're like hey i only want a tailor-made driver then they'll try to figure out what shaft works for you with the tailor-made driver head that you want right or they might even go one step further it's like okay you're hitting fades okay let's figure out how to hot melt this in the right spot on the driver to mm-hmm. lower your spin or raise your spin or where you should put the weights and all that stuff and really take that next step and take the time with their with their uh, clients, but rarely do you find people like that. It's it's tough. Um, but if you have somebody yeah. like that, you can trust. It's great. I mean, definitely. I think that's kind of, 
I think that's kind of the reason why TXG um, kind of got a little bit of, um, you know, if, if, you know, this is a beginner golfer episode, but for those who don't know TXG, uh, they were or still still are kind of a prominent, you know, golf, uh, golf YouTube channel that discusses all things gear um, and, and all things pretty much just gear. And uh, they run different experiments. They're very technical. They're very about numbers. And they're very about the tour experience, which is, you know, formerly in their name, TXG Tour Experience Golf. So that's kind of where they got, you know, some of their negative publicity from is once they were acquired by Club Champion and became, they went from TXG. Once you search TXG on YouTube, it's going to straight take you straight to the Club Champion YouTube page. So they are fully Club Champion now. So that's kind of the negative publicity that they got is like, oh, you guys are partnering with Club Champion, you know? Like you guys were doing so great as your own TXG. But I understand business is business and you know, you can't really please everybody, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, you kind of alienated some of your diehard fans. Like they kind of had a niche fan base um, within the golf YouTube's uh, within the golf YouTube space that once they were acquired by club champion um, or, you know, whatever the story is, if it was a merger or if it was an acquisition, you know, whatever the details are of that story, that's another story for another day. You know, that's kind of where they got, you know, some slight bad press around last year. So, so you know, take it with a grain of two assault. Down to it, exactly. Yeah, just try to find a try to find a fitter when you get to that point. And maybe we'll go more into that in another episode of you know those people that are intermediate golfers or advanced golfers, like yeah. club fitting. Like, what are you looking for? Let's get into the numbers. Let's let's delve more into that later on for beginners. Yeah, like you you might get to that point where you need a fitting. I mean, if you're at a local golf club, you know a guy. Ask ask your friends. Ask around especially the ones you can trust um, going off the grass, having that club in your hand when you're out playing for a few days with those clubs, that's obviously the best way you're going to get the true experience. Of, Do I love these clubs? Or not? Right, so. And I'm going to, I'm going to cut you off just, just because you nailed it again. Um, you're kind of on one right now, coach Frankie of this episode. You're kind of on one um, with, you know, I'll just, you're, you're just accurate right now. You're so you're, you're off the tee. You're just hitting fairways this entire episode. But as far as, when you are practicing on some sort of range, I just can't stress enough how important it is to practice on grass. Mats are great. To me, mats give you a false sense of security as far as your ability and your, your ability to hit the ball and being a clean ball striker. Mats just make you look like a, a, a total champion. They look like, you, look, you look like a green jacket winner. But if you're hitting off grass, that's when, you know, that's a litmus test when you step onto a grass range that's when you feel like i you know i'll go ahead and uh, allude to earlier before that's when you feel the shock of hitting a, a long iron and having it rever- reverberate through your arms and through your through your your neck and your spinal column and, and everything else that's where you that's the true test right there is hitting on grass if I'm, I'm glad that you you know you agree with me on that yeah it really is you know like and i know a lot of good instructors that teach off mats uh, we'll teach off mats a few days out of the week out of here as well um i think once you know what kind of drill you're getting into and it's a great place to groove out a practice routine then go ahead and test yourself on the grass because obviously that's the next step and on the grass is where i learned how to take divots right that's where i learned how to strike a golf ball and you know let's let's go right into it this this next part of the podcast, we're just going to talk a little bit about some of our favorite beginner golf drills. And I, I'd say knowing that I have always focused on, and my dad always harped on when I was a young kid about how to take the, the divot at the right point in time in the swing. One of the things I remember him telling me, and it's just a very simple drill, you know, when you throw a ball 
on the grass, throw a tee like two inches in front of the golf ball, like in direct line of your path. And only think about and only look at that tee as you're swinging. So you're not thinking about hitting at that ball. Because a lot of times beginners hit behind the golf ball, we top it, we chunk it, we, like, we, we skull it because they're trying to hit at the ball and they think golf is about hitting. It's the golf swing, not the golf hit, right? You feel me? So if you throw a tee a couple inches from that golf ball, I'm thinking about clipping that tee out of the ground. Now I start taking divots at the right point in time. Now my practice swings feel a lot better and now I'm getting through the ball. And automatically you're making better contact. Now from there on, you know, this helps groove out somewhat of a, of a, of a good path through the shot. From there on, it's just about is the face open or closed, you know, what's happening. Um, on the way down through the swing, that's a little bit more technical. But you know, when you're starting out, try to get some really good hand-eye coordination worked on just by doing that so little simple tee drill. That's that's the one drill that I would tell most people to just kind of try out first. Because if you can't clip a tee out of the ground two, three, four, five yeah. times in a row, probably not going to hit a golf ball. It's almost like a Mr. Miyagi approach, like wax on, wax off. Yeah. Like, let's make the motions, then we'll put the golf mm-hmm. ball there afterwards. What do you think? What's another drill that you like starting out? Uh, I really try not to convolute the process when I try to show somebody how to start playing the game or trying to swing the golf club. Um, for me, I think number one is, you know, practicing off a tee. Tee up the ball, you know? You're not on the course yet. Tee up the ball. Do whatever you need to do to, to feel that contact, to feel that clean contact with every single club that you have in your bag. Um, besides that, number one, that could be like 1A and then 1B. 1B, 1B for me is just alignment. Invest in a pair of alignment sticks. So you're 10 to 15 bucks know where you're hitting the ball, pick a target on the range. If for some reason you find yourself not hitting that particular target, try to figure out why. You know, I remember being on the range and, you know, once again, I'm hitting, I'm hitting, I'm hitting slices. You know, I can't hit the target, but I'm trying to aim for a specific target on the range. I just can't hit it there. And then that's when, you know, I try to, you know, manipulate certain things. I might be doing it wrong, but try to figure things out for yourself. You know, before you even take a lesson, if you're still starting out and you can't really afford to take a lesson yet, try to try to mess with some feels, you know, try to, you know, um, do some freezers, you know, freeze at the top of your swing and then figure out how you're going to come down after that. Choke down on the club, um, you know, grip pressure. Just try a, a multitude of different things to where you feel comfortable. I think when you feel comfortable with your golf swing, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, by far the most non-technical swing. You know, like you could be over the top, you could be uh, way too inside, way too outside, you know, whatever the case may be is with your swing. If you feel comfortable in that point, you know, from that point forward, and you feel like that's something that's repeatable and you could take it over to the course, I think that's just, um, you know, half the battle there. I know you're, you're, we're barely scratching the surface, but if you feel secure within your swing, you feel secure within your game, um, even though you might not be doing the right things um, 90% of the time in your golf swing. Go out there, practice it. If it's something that feels completely comfortable to you, I think that's something that's very important. But to me, being able to hit to where your intended target is, um, no matter the path that you take to get there, I think is one of the most important things to me. Yeah, I think I think that's great. You know, just finding finding what comfortable is to you, and you know, when you're on grass, you'll really know. You'll soon know, quickly find out if you're too far away or too close to a golf ball. You know, when you're out of balance, you know, you just, when you watch some good golf swings and for guys, I love Tiger Woods, late nineties, early two thousands, you know, the traditional swings, love Adam Scott for ladies, Nellie Corda's looking great. Annika Sorenstam, of course, Laura Davies, the list yes, goes sir. on for a lot of the women, uh, Lydia, Lydia, 
Mexico. I mean, freaking amazing. Obviously, awesome swing. There's yeah. a lot of great swings out there. And look, Brooke Henderson. Shout out to Brooke Henderson. Brooke Henderson, exactly. Yeah, Min Woo Lee. Love Min Woo Lee swing because I'm a I'm a fader, so I love that. So you know, watch what they all do really well. They all swing aggressively within themselves. They're balanced, right? They're confident. They're balanced. They're poised. So everything that I remember growing up doing was yeah, taking the divot at the right point in time. But also one of my first lessons I remember with a different instructor, with my first instructor, was balance. Like, can you get to your front side? Can you tap your back toe on the ground? Like my back foot, my right foot being a righty. If I get my weight to my front foot, I can literally lift up my right foot and just tap that toe on the ground because all my weight's on my front side, right? So there are these little points that you could start mimicking when you watch these great golfers. And you can probably take a couple pieces from each good golfer's swing and start to add that to your repertoire. Like who do you really vibe with? Do you vibe like with the old school rotational golf swing of Ben Hogan? Or do you like more of like an upright swing of like an Arnold Palmer or a Jack Nicholas? You know, um, start to figure out like how that club fits in your hands. I mean, when I was a kid, I used to hold a golf club just watching TV. I would just hold the grip just in my hand and just kind of play around with it, try to feel it in my fingers. Because you know, the more reps you get at anything, like in life, the better you get at it because you're more confident, right? So don't let anything stop you. Um, as, as a beginner, here's, here's a good expectation too. If you're out there by yourself on the range, if someone wants to come up and give you a golf tip, I wouldn't totally be the guy that's like, no, don't talk to me. Because like, why not? Like, let's, let's hear some stuff, you know? Like, let's, let's meet people. Because half part about, half the fun of golf is like playing with people either you know or don't know. It's like, so it's this community building process, right? Because you're not going to play golf by yourself, only by yourself all the time. So get to know some people. Who cares if someone comes, comes up to you on the range and gives you that unsolicited <laughs> advice, you know? You yeah. never know who you're going to meet. Yeah. Like, it could be funny. Exactly. It could be like told. BS, but anyway, like, hey, they're all, it's, it's an interesting community of golfers that you start to get into. We're all looking out for each other's game and you start mm -hmm. to get to learn more about them. And then now you have like a support group or whatnot, or people that you want to have fun with. So, um, expectations going out there. Yeah. You're going to meet a lot of people. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to get addicted to this game because you're going to hit that one flush shot that gives you that feeling because all, I feel like all the drugs golfers are, are it's all a drug. golfers are addicts of some, of some sort, right? We're addicted to mm -hmm. that feeling. We're making a birdie or, yeah. you know, just just hitting a flush shot taking a perfect beaver pelt out of the out of fresh yeah. like northwestern fairways that you get up there in oregon right like that's nice mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, it's an interesting mm -hmm. feeling that we're trying to chase every time so the better you get at it the more you the more you get that feeling and it's awesome but um yeah hopefully you could find a good group in your local city um at your range or golf club of of other like-minded people that you like hanging around with and you just start to you get to meet so many different people from all walks of life in this sport, man. It's that's something 100%. to look forward to as a, as a new golfer. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And with that being said, let's 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 kind of close it out with this. We kind of yeah talked about how you started playing golf, how we both started playing golf, where to buy gear, and we're going from that going to uh, going to the range, and then finally taking it out on the course. One big thing for me, I kind of want to close it out with this because this to me is one of the most, if not the most important aspect of golf is etiquette. And to me, playing with someone who doesn't quite know etiquette yet, it can kind of be a little jarring just depending on your sensitivity levels and how you are and how you operate as a person on the golf course. And I remember a good friend of ours, we brought, we brought him up. He just has to hop on the pod at, at, at some point in time is Hari Chang. I remember playing with him and just not having any sense of etiquette whatsoever. And I just, after the round was done, I felt like he was mad at me. I felt like a, like a fucking idiot being on there with him. I was like, I should have never played. 
you know, just because I didn't know etiquette. I'm putting my bag on the on the tee box, like where you're supposed to tee off at. I'm talking to people's backswings. I'm rooting for people to to hit it in the bunker just because I've never seen anybody hit a bunker shot in person before. Like stupid shit like that that I wish, you know, I knew. Um, well, I know now. Like that's, that's talk. Thing yeah. Really talking to someone's golf like, ball. I remember, oh, dude, don't even, don't even get me started. I remember I was playing with Hari at Rock Creek and we were like, what, 17 at the time, 16 at the time. And once again, I've never hit any, I've never seen anyone hit a bunker shot in person. I've only seen it on TV. Always wondered what it was like, what it was feel like, what it would feel like to hit out of a bunker or why it was awkward. I never understood that. I'm like, why, why is it awkward to hit out of a bunker? So I never really, un, you know, grasped that concept. And I remember he hit the ball. It was like, uh, we were still on the front nine. He hit the ball and he hit it. He hit it a little bit heavy. And I remember rooting for it to go in the bunker. I'm like, go in the bunker, go in the bunker. It goes in the bunker. He turns around. He looks at me, gives me this death stare and he says, fuck you. And I will never forget that day. And that's when I realized that's when it hit me. I'm like, wow, I really have to learn etiquette. I really have to. I just, I just, I can't be a, a douchebag on the golf course, just walking around willy nilly and, and, uh, just not having the correct attitude or etiquette to, to proceed throughout, you know, a duration of 18 holes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Like unless it's a team game, you're not really talking to someone else's golf ball. It's like trying to train someone else's dog, you know, like at a no. dog park or like, like you don't, yeah. don't touch my dog, dude. Like don't talk to my dog. Like teaching that. someone how to, teaching someone how to parent another, you know, teaching someone how yeah. to parent their kid. Something like that. Yeah, like yeah. golf is almost like we're on our individual journeys as a foursome, walking down the same fairway, fighting mm-hmm. our own battles in our own heads. You know, whatever stresses that we're bringing with us from life onto that golf course. So, like, no one knows, mm-hmm. but we're all going through something individually. We're just out here to enjoy some, you know, some fresh divots and some birdies every now and then. So, like, yeah, yeah talking to someone else's golf ball can definitely be a stressor for some people. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. But. uh yeah, what are your yeah, pet no peeves? What are your pet peeves playing? For sure. Oh, stepping in your line when you're putting. <laughs> you know, like, I it, some people just don't don't see that as a thing. They maybe they don't see your line. They forget that you've marked your ball back there or whatnot. Yeah. Even though yeah. you're like you're right there, you know, squatting over your golf ball line. So like just okay. not because that to me that's just like they're not even a, they're a, a, oblivious to anybody else other than themselves. You know, like it's like yeah. that's a small little thing. Maybe it's a character trait. Uh, to some people, you know? it could be. It really could people. be. No, you yeah. get to learn a lot about people. Yeah, and then throwing a club, throwing a club. It's, if you're yeah. at Tiger Woods, you're not throwing. You're not going to throw a club. You know that. That's yeah. for me. Those are my two pets. Okay. <laughs> the thing is, with me, with all the mistakes I made, I remember. I remember all the things I did wrong, just because I only did them once, and once I was corrected, I never did it again. And that's the only reason why it stuck with me, and that's the only reason why. That's how I developed etiquette is because once I did it once, I made sure I didn't want to make a fool out of myself on the golf course. I'm insecure about that stuff. I don't want to make a fool out of myself. You know, so when it comes to etiquette and stepping in someone's line, once I was told um, not to do that again, I remembered and it it stayed with me. I've I've never forgotten that moment. I remember uh, just it was me, Hari, and, and a couple buddies. I just went there after school while they were closing out practice. And I remember them practicing on the 18th green and I stepped on his line. And then he's like, do you see that? Do you see what he did? And I was like, what I do? I don't, I don't know what I did. And he's like, and then Hari tells me, he's like, hey, you stepped in this line, bro. You know, I could like, you know, mess up his putt just because, you know, you see, you see your footprint right there. And yeah, I could mess up his putt. And I was like, oh, okay. I see where we're going here. Never did that again. 
Um, never did that again as soon as I heard that the first time. I remember kind of teaching my brother when he first started getting into the game. Um, I remember he did it a couple times, and I remember. I mean, it just depends because some people don't care. There are some people who are so chill, uh, and it doesn't matter if they're a scratch golfer or like a or like a plus plus two. There are some people who are just there to have fun. They don't care if they're playing with people who are worse than them. They're just like, oh, you stepped in my line. It's, it's all good. We're we're not playing at, at Augusta National. We're not playing at Pebble Beach. We're playing at, you know, uh, Jack and Jill Municipal Course. You know, so there are people who just don't care and they just you know like to play. They they like to have fun. Um, yeah. yeah. Talking in your backswing is one thing for me. Um, I don't think I ever did that once. Uh, I think I knew better not to talk in someone's backswing. Uh, that's that's kind of given. That's kind of that's kind of one of the obvious ones that you don't do. Um, what else? Not, not fixing unless, your divots. Unless they're inviting like everybody to cheer or like they're hyping yeah. the crowd or like yeah, what are you, you know? But you're not gonna like waste, ma- waste management. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to acknowledge yeah. the person. You want to know these. Some they're they're like I used to play in a lot of these skins games around here in Austin, and there are definitely some players mm-hmm. out there that, especially when you know someone's kind of struggling, you're not gonna try to do something to piss them off more. And a lot of times when we're all going to struggle on the golf course, somewhere on that 18-hole journey, we're going to be struggling. And then something's just going to take us off. It could be anything. And we're going to, we're, as mm-hmm. golfers, we're going to look to place the blame somewhere else on a bad shot. That's no. just what we do as no. prideful golfers as we are. But, you know, we're trying to learn from that. But definitely don't do something that you know is going to piss somebody off. And just be aware yeah. of the people that you're playing with. Some people, like, I remember playing in a group with somebody and the guy was like, yo, um, so you know that guy there? Just don't whatever you do don't walk in his backswing like even if you're across the green don't take yeah. a step like hold your breath because yeah. it's gonna get yeah. a little rough like so why do you like playing with this guy like well he's a good player yeah. like, that's, that's yeah it's, he's like yeah. he likes to bet he's a good player like okay so everyone's gonna don't have breathe course. so yeah he's yeah. like just hold your breath don't do anything but yeah they're gonna be a lot of and then as as beginner golfers you're gonna find out more and more that there's gonna be things that you're just gonna learn not to do that's mm-hmm. what's gonna happen but um, we mm-hmm. can't. We're not going to go through all the rules now. They have a freaking rule book on the rules of golf that changes. Yeah. Seems to change every year. But there are a lot of rules out there that yes, yeah, some are going to be archaic and it's going to seem really dumb. But you know what? If there's no rules, then there's no real game. Yeah. I feel like you know, then it's just a bunch that of that is true. the apart. You yeah, know, we got. There's got to be something to keep us within our. Got to be some values, structure, right? Yeah. There's got to be some and, structure. And I think it doesn't hurt to ask too, like beforehand, or like, hey, it's okay if I, you know turn on my bluetooth speaker hey is it okay if i uh you know do this is it okay if i do that you know it, it's just polite you know and i think it just sets the tone for the rest of the round just showing you know what kind of person you are and you know how willing you are to go out of your way to you know make it just a nice little nice little foursome that you have going in the round you know it doesn't hurt to do that uh but one thing you said i'm not gonna say his name but i got a homie bro he throws clubs all the time no, I got two homies that throw clubs all the time. And trust me, it's welcome in my book. If I see someone throwing clubs, to me, it's fucking hilarious. I could watch that shit all day. I'm like, bro, you spent 1300 1400 for that set, and you're throwing your clubs onto a tree. You're throwing clubs um, onto a cart path. You and throw yourself it, onto that cart path. <laughs> you know, like, dude, like you got to, like... It's my entertainment, man. Aside from Bluetooth, yeah, uh, aside from the Bluetooth speaker and music blaring out of there, yeah. if you're throwing your clubs... I'm easy going enough. I know I have like a basic set of like golf etiquette that I have. It's like, don't talk in your backswing. Don't do this. Don't step in someone's line. But when it comes to throwing golf clubs, to me, I welcome that shit all day. Break your clubs. That's your karma. If you're going to break your clubs, go do so. Go buy a replacement set. It's, go spend, you know, um, 3,000 total on your first set you had, and then you're damaging your second set. You know, go do that. 
that's your karma, bro. That, that's, that's that's all you. Yeah, you know what? I know you hate it, like, but I it's my entertainment. Yeah, it's it's fun. No, it's definitely it's it's fun to watch somebody yeah. go. It's funny. Go it's hilarious. Sometimes. It's funny. Yeah. yeah. But you know, yeah. I don't I don't want to wish the worst on anybody, but you know, I think there's a whole there's probably a whole podcast on the mental game of golf that we can get into as well. There's there's reasons why, yeah. you know, people want to exert their or stress that way. I remember watching a episode of um, Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David, and he brought his dad's uh, future cardiologist out to the golf course, who's about to mm-hmm. perform heart surgery on him later that week. And he gets over like a birdie putt. And this guy's an older guy, and the cardiologist gets over a birdie putt. It's like three feet, and the guy's shaking like literally. The the he's yeah. got the shakes <laughs> over a three foot putt. He's like yeah. nervous. And Larry David looks at his buddy that he's always on the show with, and he's like, I can't have this guy operate on my dad this week. Like look how nervous he is over a birdie. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting, like the different quirks that you see in the golf course, the different people and the attitudes and all this stuff. You start to get to know somebody. And when you play this four yeah. or five hour round of golf, you know, even if you're not talking to them, you, you get to understand their nonverbal cues, what stresses them out, can they handle pressure, yeah. how focused oh, can they trust be? Me. You know, there's trust me. You know, it's like it's interesting. You get to learn a lot about people in the golf course. So I got stories, my boy, but I'm I'm just bet, I'm not gonna dive into it, but I got stories. Yeah, but um, I think we'll definitely close it out with that. I think that this Sounds was um, it. It definitely just brought back a lot of um, good and bad memories as far as starting out in the game. Um, the frustration of picking up a golf club and not hitting it right. The frustration of um, having to battle myself to show that I am a pretty fair golfer as far as on you know being on the etiquette side. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, really do uh thank you for this and thank you to all the listeners yeah. once again supporters uh near and Especially far got this far thank you for getting exactly exactly episode eight and um this episode of beyond golf talk uh be sure to go and listen to it if you're a beginner golfer take it to heart um mm-hmm. you can listen to us it's your choice or you, you can choose not to listen to us whatever you know whatever it may be but i hope at the end of the day you take a couple things from here and you were also entertained at the same time but you know where to find us we're on apple podcast we're on spotify um, and thank you once again for your support. Coach Frankie, Thanks, for what, 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 are your, what are your closing words? That's, I mean, you, you nailed it, man. You nailed it. If you right. want to check out more of Just Divot's uh, content, you can find him on Instagram. You can find me yeah. at Beyond Golf Performance on Instagram as well. We'll get our own Instagram for sure for, for the pod mm-hmm. and definitely throw some of these videos. And let's get a guest. Let's, let's, get a, let's get a guest in here. Oh, um, next week. Yeah. Next week. It's getting got, a little got, lonely. Okay. Some, yeah, we got some guests lined up. Uh, we okay. have the owner, the CEO of a golf ball, direct consumer golf ball company, mm-hmm. coming on the pod. Uh, we have a fellow pro golfer who is currently going through Q School, got through the first couple stages. Um, mm-hmm. He's coming on the pod as well. So we're going to have some some good insight from the tour, from the people making products for tour players. Uh, it's mm-hmm. going to be fun. Be fun. So stay tuned. All right. Next Sounds couple, good. Next couple ones are gonna be bangers. Once again, thanks everybody for their support and uh, their kind words. And uh, Coach Frank, I'll see you later. All right. See you later. Peace. This is Beyond Golf Talk. 